Welcome back to another episode of Reach Race Echoes. As always, I'm your host. My name is Burton. Today, as always, I'm going to be guiding you through those shadowy realms of the supernatural and the mysteries lurks within them. Here at Reach Race Echoes, we're not just another ghost story podcast. Here, I delve deep into the heart of the unknown, bringing to light the most compelling verified accounts of supernatural. Now, my journey goes beyond just the location. I dig deep into the entities and the firsthand accounts of these locations to bring a place where their stories can be told too. After having my own brushes with the paranormal, I'm always on the quest to understand the unexplainable. Now, for anyone that didn't have a chance to stop by last week, you're going to want to go back and check out that last episode. We actually ventured into the chilling corridors of the Amityville Horror House, where, of course, we unearthed its dark past, we walked through its eerie rooms, and examine the haunting accounts that captured the public's imagination for decades. So again, if you've not listened to that episode, you're going to want to go back and check out that spine-tingling tale. But enough of the past. Today, we're going to turn our gazes to another house that's shrouded in mystery and legend. Today, we're knocking on the door of... The Lizzie Borden House. This house is not only the site of one of America's most infamous unsolved crimes, it's also a place where the veil between this world and the next is razor thin, or should I say, as thin as the edge of an axe. Now I truly do believe to understand the house and location, the entities and everything, you kinda have to understand the past, and I'm sure many of you are no stranger to the Lizzie Borden house. But we're going to try to cover all the different elements, and then we're going to go into everyone's favorite, which is the ghost story. If you was to drop by the Lizzie Borden house now, you would find it a strangely inviting bed and breakfast. But it was once the scene of a grisly double axe murder that happened in 1892. The victims, Andrew and Abby Borden, they were both found brutally slain, and the daughter Lizzie, she was the prime suspect. Now in today's episode, we're going to explore the haunting legacy that clings to the walls of the Borden House. From the echoing footsteps in the empty halls, to the whispered conversation of invisible presences, we'll dive into eyewitness accounts, historical records, and maybe even touch on the theories that challenge the way we think about the supernatural. And obviously it goes without saying, I always want to hear from you, your theories, your experiences, the questions enrich in our journey into these echoes of the past. So get comfortable, keep the lights on if you must, and together let's step into the enigmatic world of the Lizzie Borden House. Today our story begins in the late 19th century in the city of Fall River, Massachusetts. Imagine, if you will, a thriving, bustling mill town. The streets of Fall River are alive with the sounds of industry. The air filled with the promise of the American dream, yet beneath this veneer of prosperity, tensions simmer in the Borden household. The Borden family, though wealthy, they were not immune to the complexities of the undercurrent of the family dynamic. Now, Andrew Borden, he was a successful businessman, known for being very frugal, lived in the household with his second wife, Abby, and his two adult daughters, Lizzie and Emma. The relationship between the stepmother and the daughters was, well, at best, it was strained. Life in the Borden house was far from friendly. Whispers of greed, 
resentment, and family secrets echoed through its rooms. Lizzie, in particular, seemed increasingly at odds with her father and stepmother. The air in the house grew heavy, charged with the unspoken conflicts and smoldering animosities. In the days leading up to the murders, an unsettling unease hung in the Borden household. The family, including the household maid, Bridget Sullivan, had been violently ill. It was rumored that the illness was due to mutton left out in the heat, leading to food poisoning. Tensions were already high, and this incident only exacerbated the strained atmosphere in the home. On the morning of August 4th, 1892, the Borden house was a scene of discomfort and of illness. Andrew Borden, feeling unwell, had left home to conduct his business around town. Now, this was not unusual, but what was peculiar was his return home earlier than expected, a decision influenced perhaps by his ailment. Andrew returned home that August morning, and it was marked by a very unusual stillness. The house, typically alive with the morning's activity, was eerily still. He found that the front door was jammed, which was a very odd occurrence, and it was only with the assistant of Bridget, the family maid, that he managed to enter. The stillness that met him was like a heavy cloak, smothering the usual domestic sounds. Now the family's bout with illness had taken its toll. The discomfort seemed to permeate every corner of the house. Andrew, feeling unwell and fatigued from the sickness, sought a moment of rest. He settled on the sofa in the sitting room, a decision that unbeknownst to him would be his last. Andrew's decision to lie down was very out of character, indicative of possibly how unwell he actually felt. He lay there, his shoes off, as if in preparation for a brief nap. This detail, though seemingly insignificant, would later paint a haunting image in the wake of the tragedy to come. As time ticked by, the house remained in a state of unsettling calm. Bridget the maid went about her chores with a sense of unease, while Lizzie moved through the house with a very mysterious expression. The air was thick, a silent prelude to the horror that was about to unfold. It was then in the morning hours that a piercing scream shattered the stillness. Lizzie Borden's voice, laden with shock and horror, echoed through the house. Andrew Borden was found lifeless on the sofa, his body gruesomely mutilated. In a state of panic and confusion, a search of the house revealed an even more horrifying scene. Abby Borden was also brutally murdered, laying face down in the guest room. The Borden house, once a symbol of a well-to-do family, had in just mere hours become the setting of one of the most chilling double homicides in American history. As the news of these ghastly murders of the Borden house had spread, the local Fall River police swiftly arrived on the scene. The year was 1892, and forensic science was in its infancy. The police faced the daunting task of unraveling a mystery in a home that had just become the setting of one of the most notorious crimes in American history. Upon entering the Borden residence, the police were confronted with a chilling scene. Andrew Borden laid on the sofa in the downstairs sitting room, his face grotesquely disfigured by multiple axe blows. Upstairs, Abby Borden's body was found in the guest room, similarly mutated. The brutalities of the murders was shocking, even to the seasoned officers. The police quickly began to gather clues. Initially, the police did not find the murder weapon, 
but they had suspected that it was a hatchet or it was an axe, and there was no signs of force entering the house, which suggested the murderer might have been someone familiar with the household. The time frame of the murders was narrow, complicating the mystery. Abby was believed to have been killed first, followed by Andrew about an hour and a half later. Now Lizzie's calm demeanor and inconsistent statements raised eyebrows. Her account of her whereabouts and actions during the time of the murders lacked clarity and seemed contradictory. Another thing to note was despite the gruesome nature of the murders, there were no bloodstains that were ever found on Lizzie's clothing. On this case, police faced significant challenges. The crime scene had already been compromised by many people coming and going. There was no set of rules back then for that, and forensic techniques like fingerprinting, they were not in use as of yet. The lack of clear physical evidence at the scene made the case perplexing and left the police with more questions than answers. As the day turned into evening, the police continued their investigation, collecting statements and trying to piece together the puzzle. The Borden House, now a silent witness to the unspeakable violence, held secrets that the police were desperate to uncover. But as they would soon find out, this case was far from straightforward, and the path to the truth was riddled with complexities and contradictions. As the police investigation into the brutal murders of Andrew and Abby deepened, they started focusing on one individual, Lizzie Borden, the youngest daughter of the slain couple. The clues gathered, albeit circumstantial, coupled with Lizzie's puzzling behavior and inconsistent statements, led to her arrest. The ensuing trial would captivate the nation and become a landmark in American legal history. Lizzie Borden's arrest sent shockwaves through the Fall River and beyond. The idea that a woman, particularly of Lizzie's social standing, could commit such a heinous crime was almost unthinkable at the time. It was this societal disbelief that played a significant role in the shaping of public opinion and the media coverage of the case. During the trial, the prosecution focused on Lizzie's possible motives, her inconsistent alibis, and the curious burning of a dress that Lizzie claimed was just stained with paint. You see, that's why the police had kind of a tough time in this one. They said that when they found her, she had no bloodstains on her clothing, but shortly after, they found that she had burned a dress. They suggested that Lizzie had committed the murders after her family had been poisoned, possibly by Lizzie herself. Now, Lizzie's defense team argued the lack of physical evidence linking her to the crime and emphasizing the implausibility of Lizzie committing the murders without soiling her clothes with blood. They pointed out the absence of a clear motive and the lack of reliable witness. The trial was a media sensation, with newspapers across the country reporting every single detail, and Lizzie's composure was significantly different than the violent nature of the crime that was reported against her, fueling public fascination. After deliberating for only an hour and a half, the jury returned with a verdict of not guilty, largely due to the circumstantial nature of the evidence as well as the societal norms of the time, which made it difficult for many to believe a woman capable of such brutality. Though acquitted, Lizzie Borden would forever live under the shadow of suspicion. The case remained, and remains to this day, officially unsolved. The trial raised as many questions as it answered, leaving the public to speculate about what really happened in the Borden house on that fateful August day. With the end of the trial and Lizzie Borden's acquittal, the Lizzie Borden house should have faded into the books of unsolved mysteries, a tragic chapter in a family's history. However, it was just the beginning of a new eerie legacy 
that would grow around the house. The unresolved nature of a crime and the fascination with a case set stage for a very different kind of story to emerge. Stories of the house being haunted. In the years following the trial, the Lizzie Borden house became synonymous with the unsolved murders. It stood as a grim reminder of the gruesome events, and its walls seemed to hold on to the echoes of the past. The local community and visitors viewed the house with a mixture of curiosity and dread. It wasn't long before people began to report unusual occurrences within its walls. The first sightings and experiences of paranormal activity in the house were whispered among locals and visitors alike. Tales emerged of strange noises, unexplainable cold spots, and ghostly apparitions. The most commonly reported sighting were those of Abby and Andrew Borden, the victims of the unsolved crime. It was as if the violent natures of their death had left an indelible mark on the house, imprinting their spirits on its very fabric. It didn't take long for visitors reporting footsteps in the empty rooms and muffled cries echoing through the hallways as if replaying the events of the murders. Also, there were sightings of a woman in black, which was believed to be the ghost of Abby Borden, which was seen wandering the halls, her presence marked by a sense of sadness and unrest. Objects began moving on their own, doors closing without a cause, and sudden drops in temperature were commonly reported, adding to the house's haunted reputation. As the years passed, the Lizzie Borden house transformed from a site of historical tragedy to a place of paranormal intrigue. The unresolved questions surrounding the Borden murders seemed to give life to these ghostly tales, each sighting and story adding another layer to the house's mystique. Now, whether these occurrences were just products of an overactive imagination or something truly supernatural, they cemented the house's place into the history book of America's most haunted locations. From the cold, hard facts of the courtroom to the chilling whispers of the unknown, our journey takes a turn into the realm of the unexplained. We're now stepping through the door of everyone's favorite part of the podcast, the ghost stories. So let's trade the gavel for a lantern as we step into the shadowy corridors of the Lizzie Borden house once more, but this time, we're not walking through history. We're also walking through the eerie experiences of those who've dared to cross this threshold. So brace yourself as we delve into tales that might make you think twice about turning off your nightlight. So let's stop talking about it. Let's be about it. Let's go. Martha McGinn's nights in the old Borden house was filled with more than just dreams. There were whispers in the dark, whispers that turned into soft, unseen hands tucking her in at night. It was a gentle touch, yet it sent shivers down her spine. Who could be there, in her room, when she was all alone? The house with its creaking floors and sighing walls seemed to have a life all its own. Doors would close softly as if pushed by a breeze that wasn't there. Martha would pause, her heart skipping a beat, and wondering if she was really alone. The air always felt heavy, charged with a presence that she could never quite see. But it was always the feeling of being watched that unnerved her the most. It was a gaze that she could feel, but could never meet. A lingering stare from unseen eyes. This sensation was strongest in the very rooms where tragedy had struck so many years ago. 
as if the victims of the past were still there, watching, waiting. Even in the daylight, the house did not lose its eerie grip. Objects would just move slightly, just enough to make Martha question her own memory. Was the vase always on the shelf? Had that picture always been hung just slightly crooked? And then there was the sounds, a soft weeping in the night. quiet laughter echoing down the hall. <laughs> Sounds that had no source, no reason to be. Martha would lie awake, listening, her imagination racing with the possibilities of what lingered in the shadows. Now Martha's family tried to ignore these odd occurrences. They attributed it to being just quirks of the old house. But Martha knew it was more than that. The house was speaking, remembering its past, and in its memories were shadows that refused to fade. As Martha grew older, the house's whispers grew fainter, but they never fully disappeared. They remained as soft echoes, a reminder of the mysteries that lay within the walls of the Borden house, mysteries that would forever remain unsolved. halls of the Lizzie Borden house, now a bed and breakfast, the past lingers like shadows at every turn. The tour guides and staff, keepers of the house's dark history, have their own tales to tell, tales that turn the blood cold and the heart to race. And then there was the doors, doors that would swing open with a creak, doors that would shut with a thud, all on their own accord. The staff would watch their eyes wide as they witnessed what seemed impossible. Some would whisper of drafts or old hinges, but others knew it was something more, something unexplainable. But it's the shadowy figures that truly haunt their stories, shadows that dart in the corner of the eye, vanishing when looked upon directly, figures that appear in mirrors only to disappear when you blink. A tour guide recalls leading a group through the house only to catch a glimpse of a woman in black, her figure standing at the top of the stairs, watching before dissolving into the air. The guides often speak of rooms where the air just feels different, heavier, as if charged with an unseen energy. Guests have often reported the feeling of being touched, a brush against their skin, in rooms where no one else stands. And sometimes late at night, when the house is quiet, and the guests are asleep, the staff hears laughter, a child's laughter, coming from the attic. But nowadays, the house has no children, at least not anymore. These stories shared in hushed tones add to the tapestry of the mystery that envelopes the Borden house. For the tour guides and staff, every day is a walk through history, a history that refuses to be forgotten, a history that sometimes just sometimes walks with them. In the twisting corridors and shadowed rooms of the Lizzie Borden house, a paranormal investigator's trend is to search for whispers from the other side. The house, a beacon for those seeking the supernatural, 
has welcomed many such seekers, each hoping to uncover its ghostly secrets. The television show Ghost Hunters, famed for their pursuit of the paranormal, found themselves within these very walls. Their equipment sensitive to the whispers of the beyond crackled to life in the heavy air of the house. The ghostly tales that they had heard were all about to become too real. They spoke of cold spots, sudden drop in temperatures that defied logic. In one room, the air would be warm and still, but in the next, the chill would wrap around them as if passing through an unseen presence. The investigators would stand still, their breath visible in the icy air, feeling the weight of invisible eyes upon them. Then there were the noises, sounds with no discernible source, knocking in the dead of night, footsteps trailing in the empty halls, soft whispers just beyond the edge of hearing, their equipment capturing sounds that should never have been there, sounds that sent shivers down their spines. The most unsettling, perhaps, were the unaccounted movements, objects that shifted places, doors that were slammed shut as if moved by unseen hands. A camera left in a room would capture the slow and deliberate movement of a chair with no one near it. In the basement, where the shadows typically cling to the corners, their instruments would go wild as if reacting to an unseen force, a force that some would whisper was the entity of Andrew Borden, forever bound to the sight of his gruesome end. And in the attic, where the laughter of a child had oftentimes been heard, their lights would flicker as if playing a game with an unseen companion. But when they looked, there was nothing, only the echoes of a laughter that was never there. The ghost hunters left the Lizzie Borden house with more questions and answers just like the rest. Their recordings filed with the unexplained, adding yet again another chapter to the house's haunted legacy, a legacy that continues to draw the brave and the curious to its doors. the old boarding house, now a bed and breakfast. Guests seek a night's stay, oftentimes find more than they bargained for. They come for a brush with history, but they leave with tales that transcend time. Tales of encounters from the unseen and the unexplained. Many guests have spoken of a presence, an invisible weight in the air, a feeling of being watched by eyes that aren't there. They lay in their beds, the darkness around them thick with history and feel a chill that isn't from the night air. It's a feeling that creeps over them, the unsettling sense of not being alone. The nights in the Borden house are often punctuated by strange noises like many others. The creaks of the floorboards, the rustle of a curtain when there is no breeze, soft footsteps in the hallway outside the door. Guests peer into the dimly lit hallway, but there's never anyone there, only the lingering echoes of steps that cannot be explained. But it's the apparition in the guest room, the very room where Abby Borden met her tragic end, that has left so many guests sleepless. They speak of waking in the middle of the night to the sight of a woman standing by their bed, her form elegant, her gaze distant. She's believed to be the entity of Abby, forever tied to the room, reliving her last moments. Her appearance is fleeting, vanishing almost as soon as anyone tries to focus leaving only a lingering sense of sorrow in the air. Some guests who are typically braver than others have tried to communicate with the entity, but she remained silent, a ghostly reminder of the tragedy that befell the house over a century ago. As morning comes, 
and the sun casts its light through the windows, the guests are typically left wondering if what they experienced was real or simply a trick of their imagination. But the stories they share, whispered over breakfast tables, are retold long after they leave, a place where the past is never truly gone, and the spirits of yesteryear walk hand in hand with the living. Within the walls of the Lizzie Borden house, where the veil between the past and the present seems thin, psychics and mediums have walked, their senses open to the whispers of the unseen. They come seeking answers, hoping to communicate with the spirits that linger in the shadows of the house's tragic history. Their accounts are numerous, each more chilling than the last. These sensitive souls speak of encounters with the spirits of the Borden family, particularly Lizzie and Abby whose presences are said to be strong within the house. One medium recounted a seance in the parlor, a room heavy with the echoes of the past. As the lights dimmed, the air grew cold, and a palpable sense of another presence filled the room. The medium's voice trembled as she spoke of feeling Abby's spirit, her energy marked by a profound sadness, a sense of being forever trapped within the moment of her demise. Another psychic tales of encountering Lizzie herself, her spirit restless, wandering the house's halls. In this encounter, Lizzie's presence was overwhelming, her energy both defiant and sorrowful. The psychic spoke of hearing Lizzie's voice, a whisper in the air, speaking words that were both cryptic as well as revealing, hinting at secrets still buried deep within the house. In the room where Abby was found, mediums have felt a very oppressive energy, a heaviness that makes it hard to breathe. They describe a sensation of being watched, of sorrowful eyes peering from the realm of just beyond sight. Some have emerged from the room in tears, overcome by the intensity of Abby's lingering despair. For me, the most unsettling are the accounts of the psychics who claim to have communicated directly with the spirits. They speak of messages from beyond, the Bordens reliving their final moments, their voices echoing through time. These messages often left the psychics drained, the weight of the tragedy heavy on their souls. As the psychics leave the house, they often carry with them the echoes of the Borden's unquiet spirits, the stories of a family whose tragic end has left a spectral imprint on the very fabric of the house. For those who listen, the psychics' tales are a haunting reminder that in the Lizzie Borden house, the past is never really past, and the spirits of those long gone still reach out to the living. In the dim light of a foggy evening, a group of guests gather in the Lizzie Borden house, their heart beating with anticipation and a touch of fear. They were there for an overnight stay, drawn by the allure of the house's notorious past. As night fell, the house seemed to awaken, its creaks and groans were pronounced in the shroud of darkness. One guest, a woman with a keen interest in the paranormal, felt particularly drawn to a room where Abby Borden was found murdered. As the hours ticked by, she decided to venture into the room alone, her curiosity overriding her trepidation. The room was bathing with a soft glow of a simple lamp. Casting long shadows against the walls, she sat on the bed, the very bed where tragedy had struck so many years ago and waited. The house was quiet, maybe too quiet, as if it was holding its breath. As she sat there, 
A sudden chill filled the room, a coldness that seemed to seep into her bones. She wrapped her arms around herself, her eyes scanning the dimly lit room. That's when she heard it. A soft, almost inaudible whisper. The sound was so faint she thought she might have imagined it. She held her breath, listening, and then she heard it again, clearer this time. A woman's voice, and it was filled with sorrow. The temperature in the room dropped further, the air growing heavy with the unspoken sadness. The woman felt a growing sense of unease, a feeling that she was not alone. She turned towards the door, intending to leave when she saw it. The figure of a woman, standing in the corner of the room. Her form was translucent and shimmering in the dim light. The figure was that of Abby Borden, her expression one of profound sadness and despair. The woman's heart raced, her mind struggling to process what her eyes had been seeing. Abby's ghostly figure seemed to be looking right at her, her eyes conveying a silent plea. Then, as suddenly as she had appeared, the figure vanished, leaving the room feeling empty and cold. The woman, shaken to her core, quickly left the room, her footsteps echoing in the silent house. As she rejoined the others, her face pale and her hands trembling, she shared her encounter. The group listened, their eyes wide with a mixture of fear and fascination. That night, very few slept, and those who did were haunted by dreams of the past, of a house holding on to its tragic history, and of the spirits that still walks its halls. Oh man, what do you think of those stories? Has anyone visited the Lizzie Borden house? And if so, let me know in the comments down below what you found when you was there. Did you have an experience? Was there anything there? Now, obviously, as we draw this episode to a close, we want to step back from the chilling tales and the eerie encounters to ponder just a few things real quick. Obviously, the entities that we've discussed, whether it be the spirits of Abby, or Andrew Borden, to even the mysterious apparitions and the unexplained phenomena, I don't think that they're there to captivate our imagination, but to invite us to ponder the deeper questions about life, death, and what may just lie beyond. Now for me, the Lizzie Borden house is more than just a historical site or a bed and breakfast. For me, it stands as a testament of a moment frozen in time. It's a place where history and legend intertwine where the boundaries between the known and the unknown seem to blur. Each room, each corridor, holds stories, echoes of the past that refuse to be silenced. When we think about the hauntings and the tales of the Lizzie Borden house, we're reminded the enduring power of mystery and the human fascination with the supernatural. Whether these ghostly occurrences are manifested by the actual spirits, maybe it's a psychological phenomena, or simply tales that spun through the threads of history, they resonate with us on a primal level. They challenge our perceptions of reality, inviting us to explore obviously the unknown, and perhaps, in some ways, help us to make sense of our own existence. Now, as you reflect upon the stories and experiences shared in this episode, I encourage you to think about what the tales mean to you. Do they stir up any kind of curiosity, any fears, any skepticisms, or any senses of wonder? The Lizzie Bourne House, with its layer of history and mystery, serves as a mirror reflecting on our own beliefs, fears, 
and fascinations. But I want to sit back and thank you for tuning into this episode of Retraced Echoes. If you're listening on YouTube, if you could please take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe. Your engagement it helps me grow and it continues to bring you more of these fascinating stories. Also, if you're listening on any other platforms, please be sure to follow, rate, and review it. Every bit of your support makes a huge difference. I actually hate saying that. Obviously, I know that's a part of the business, but without that, this podcast just doesn't grow. Now, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. What did you think was the most intriguing or the most chilling? Do you have any theories of your own? And importantly, what would you like to have us discuss in the future? Your suggestions and ideas are invaluable to us. Now, for more spine-tingling tales, don't forget to check out my other YouTube channel, Retrace Stories. Every Monday morning, I bring to life scary stories submitted by you, our listeners. If you have a story and you'd like to share it, send it to us at info at retracedechoes.com. Who knows? Your story might be next to send shivers down the spines of our audience. Also, I'm excited to share that my friend Nick and I host another podcast, Deceptive Reality, which is released every Friday morning. It's akin to the old show like Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. We delve into everything from the Mothman, Circleville Letters, to Bigfoot, and more. If you enjoy unraveling mysteries and exploring the unexplained, Deceptive Reality is just the podcast for you. As we close the creaking door on tonight's tale of the Lizzie Borden house, remember... If those bump in the nights has left you craving just a little bit more, Retrace Stories awaits every Monday with tales that might just have that nightlight become a permanent fixture. And for those who prefer those mysteries with a side of reality, or is a deception, join myself and Nick on Deceptive Reality every Friday. We delve in the tales and make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. No axes required. So thank you for joining us here on Retraced Echoes, where the echoes of the past meets the whispers of the present. Keep your wits about you, your curiosity peaked, and maybe, just maybe, check under your bed tonight. You know, just in case. Until our paths cross again in the dimly lit corridors of history and mystery, stay safe, stay spooky, and remember, sometimes the truest echoes are the ones that we can't quite hear. Good night and good luck. Until I see you again, goodbye.